Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. Welcome to Radio Rehab. I'm your host, Dana. If this is your first time listening, we are a recovery podcast. I'm a clean and sober addict and alcoholic, and producer Shar is not one of us, but she's become an expert. Thanks to me and all of my antics over the years. And you are listening to our weekly roundup episode. So I want to get right into this um, because I'm nervous about it. But still, the reason I started this podcast was so that I could share the struggles and the trials of getting and staying sober with other people. Because that's what's helped me in my recovery is when other people share that with me. Um, And I believe in recovering out loud. Well, it's not always... You know, roses. Everything's not always beautiful. Life is not always perfect. Sometimes shit happens. And as you know, if we're in recovery, we don't have the luxury of harboring resentments and being angry and, you know, and and basically just being dry, dry drunks. And, you know, dry addicts, whatever, we, we need to work a program of recovery. So it's important. The whole purpose of this show was for me to try to help other people. So I'm going to have to put away the pride and the ego and all of that for a minute, as hard as this is, and just say, I am fucking struggling right now. Um, my recovery is... I feel like it's slightly in jeopardy. It's not like I'm going to I want to go drink or I want to go use. It's just I am not emotionally sober right now. You know, I'm I'm not drinking, I'm not using and I'm on a diet of two meetings a week, which, you know, I went up from one meeting a week to two meetings a week. So things got better, but things are still not good because deep down I probably need 90 and 90. I probably need to be doing a meeting every day if I'm going to be honest right now because life is hard. And when life throws challenges at me and when changes happen, because I hate change, um, it's hard to deal with if you're not working a strict program of recovery. And, And the catch is when things are making you justifiably angry, which is what's happening in my life right now. Like when things are actually unfair or they actually go against some kind of a moral ethic or code or they go against God's plan or whatever it is, it's not okay to just sit there and be angry and join in the toxicity of the moment. I've got to work on myself. And I guess what that comes down to for me as I've been thinking about it, um, I need a new sponsee. Uh, my sponsee kind of graduated, so <laughs> she's she's moved on. And Well, she's not moved on, but she's gone out through all the steps. Yes, producer Shar. But so your sponsee that you that just graduated, she isn't really in contact with you anymore or she is, but she doesn't. It's not like I'm working very closely with her now that she's done all 12 steps. Oh, but I need to start over with a newcomer. I know from talking to you off the air that your your sponsor has many sponsees. Yes. So are is that? Is that what you should be doing? And I don't know. Should you have a farm? Well, no, because I can't. I can't handle all that. You know. You know me. I like. I'm good with like one person at a time. So, but I just need someone else to really like guide them through the steps and work the steps so that the steps start working in my life too. Uh, because so is that is that kind of the goal with that? Is that as they're work, working their steps. Your work, it's like you're kind they of... They work through you after a while, yeah. So it's, it's like so it's like you've done your steps, but because you're working somebody with their steps, 
you're kind of taking self-inventory as well? That and the fact that you're working with another addict or alcoholic means you're doing the 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 12th step. You're doing the service work. And that's where the magic happens. It's like that's how you get better. That's how you heal. Mm-hmm. I need to be helping someone else, not thinking about me. Gotcha. You know, not just sitting there like going, oh, this sucks. I have to go through this uncomfortable period of change for like another month. Or however long, you know. However long that's going to last. Oh, yeah, however long that month ends up lasting. And, yeah, it's just, I'm I'm just easily triggered and I feel threatened. And, you know, I didn't get sober to feel like this. It says in our literature, like, we are not a glum lot. And we're happy, joyous, and free. Of course, we're not going to be happy, joyous, and free all the time. But I really feel like I have stopped working. Like, I don't work as hard of a program as I did when I lived in a smaller community, like when I lived in Sonoma. It was so easy. You know, there's meetings all day. You know everybody at every meeting in Sonoma. You know, here it's it's harder to get around here in San Francisco. Oh, yeah, it's that's, just... That was, that's, well, that's the first thing I was going to say. It's like, yeah, you... Planning to get... Planning to go to a meeting in, a, you know, in a big city or in yeah, the city is... It's, like, that's a chore. It's like, it's a chore for us to, you know... Park down the street. Exactly. You know? exactly. Yes. And so you having to, you know, carve the time out of knowing that you have to get your car, you have to spend time. And like going to a, what, a one hour or a 90 minute meeting is, that's a four hour process. Exactly. If you were in, you know, the North Bay or Sonoma or even where I live, it's like. It'd be a 10 minute thing. It's like, oh, you go 10 minutes to your meeting. There's parking there like i know uh there's a place i know um uh there uh in near the town that i live in where they have it in a bingo hall mm-hmm. they have a they have the uh the meeting in the bingo hall lots of towns have yeah lots of towns have meetings in bingo halls and so i always see and it's like a big giant spacious parking lot like you know like ten thousand people can fit in this lot right and so and then i always when i drive by I'll see. I was like, "Oh, there's a meeting going on over there because you can see the you can see the they're not playing bingo, but you know all these people sitting in chairs uh, <laughs> facing bingo. each other. Yeah, <laughs> totally. You know what that is. So, but anyways, so yeah, it's it. I could understand how you know being in San Francisco as opposed to you know two years ago or a year and a half ago when you were you know up north. And as I say that, I know that it's lazy of me because really in recovery, I'm supposed to go to any lengths. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. supposed to be like this no matter what program of recovery. And I haven't been doing that. I've been doing a program of convenience. And, um, and I'm feeling it. Like, I really feel the struggle right now. And what scares the shit out of me is this is about the amount of sobriety I had, maybe a little more. But this is about the amount of sobriety I had when I went out. I had like three and a half years. Right now I have three years, eight months, and five days. <laughs> Something like that. But so I had maybe like three years and six months when I went out. And it, it was the same thing. I, was, I got resentful. I was angry. This wasn't working. That, that wasn't working. I cut people out of my life, you know, and like. And the other thing that I feel is happening is like this, the toxic energy that I'm entertaining in my head. You know, that I'm allowing to rent space in my head. Mm-hmm. I when I see it reflected in other people's eyes, like when I see myself get angry, it's like embarrassing and it feels like shit. And then, you know, every night I have to do a 10 step 
So I'm doing my inventory and it's like, where did I go wrong today? And I'm sitting here looking at it and it's like, oh my God, how did I let myself that do that? Is that what the stuff is? Yeah, it's, it's the nightly inventory. And you do that every night? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it's it's funny because it's always been so easy for me be, because I've, I, maybe just because life has been easy since I've been sober and I haven't really had to, you know, make amends to anybody. But now... I mean, I blew up at work last week. You have to make amends. Dude, I have to go make amends to a room full of people that I spewed on. And I felt so gross when I did that. But I mean, it's like like I I let the cage not the cage. You retold me the story the other night. And I I know. Now I I feel like I owe you an apology. (laughs) Obviously not. But like, I don't know if I had a poker face that day where I like looked at you. like You did and your eyes were bugged out of your head. You were like, you said what? I'm like, because it was, yeah, it's, uh, and you know, I do my jokey joke where I'm like, did you go to a meeting? And you're like, I went to a meeting right now. Well, here's the here's the seriously here's the thing that scared me to death because there's this one meeting that's really good, and uh, and well, I mean all meetings are good, but there's this one meeting that's just like magical, and I went and I'm like, okay, I know that you know my higher power is going to be talking to me through these people because they you know they work good programs of recovery. I got in there, there were two people, not one, two people who were both coming up on over thirty years of sobriety last year. And today have less than two months. That scared the shit out of me. Because that's my future if I keep this up. Not the 30 years part, but the going back out and then having to struggle to get sober again. And I mean, that's that's one thing I always try to remember is um, how much easier it is to sit here and go through pain and go through feelings and stay sober than it is to come back because, oh my God, it took me 10 years to get back. That relapse was 10 years long. The people that were at this meeting that relapsed with over 30 years, uh, I think one was out for like less than a month and one was out for like seven months. Um, But yeah, I was out for 10 years and I'm sure if I went back out, I wouldn't come back. I don't know if I'd be able to make it back. There's just so much shame in relapsing. You know, well, I don't know if I could do it again. I, it's hard. But then again, I don't want to relapse. So I it's like. I remember the last time you relapsed. It is hard to come back. And when you were done, you basically said, I'm with my tribe. And uh, you go, they're going to sit on me for two days. So I'll talk to you when that's done. Oh, yeah. They <laughs> sat on me, dropped me off at home, sat on me some more, picked me up and took me to meetings. And that's exactly what I needed because I would not have driven myself there. I would have found a million reasons to not go. Kind of like I'm doing now. <laughs> and yeah, it's like I it's and it's funny because I know what I need to do right now, which is just put my hand up in a meeting and go, hey, I need help. I'm acting dry. I'm acting like a dry drunk. I'm angry. Uh, I'm focusing on other people. I'm focusing on what's wrong. I'm fo- focusing. Basically, I'm focusing on shit that I can't control because, I mean, that's step one. I'm powerless over people, places and things. So like. The fact that I'm even letting it sit in my mind and rent space in my head is is bad because I can't control it. So I guess my question is, is when I go through, you know, like ruts of like, you know, a rough patch of, you know, things going bad or getting frustrated or whatever. um, I usually just try to convince myself or tell myself to just let things pass, you know, like. It's a, you know, like, this is a bad spell. This is like, I'm, you know, things are going to get better. You know, hoping that, like, if I just wait it out, eventually 
things are just going to get better and I'm going to survive whatever it is that I'm going through. Right. Um, how is that for you? Can you do that? Because that's kind of a dangerous thing to do, right? To just kind of go, I'm going to wait this out and wait for the wait for the storm to pass. Well, yes and no. I mean, because I do have to wait it out because there's nothing I can do to control it. But in the meantime, I can't just be resting on my laurels. Like, I can wait it out. But in the meantime, I got to be working on myself. But you have to and- be actively... You have to be proactive and working on yourself yes. while you wait that out. While you, I wait it you out. You can't just go, okay, I'm just going to I'm gonna sit on my hands for a little bit and wait for this to go away. Because that right. doesn't work. Right. right, right. Yeah. I just get angrier and, and like less less emotionally sober. Hmm. So it's like, yeah, I've got to I've got to help other people. Uh, I've got to work on myself. I I've just there's just so much I have to do. And I hate to say this because, you know, once I moved from Sonoma to San Francisco, which, you know, for those of you in the Bay Area, you know, but if you're not in the Bay Area, it's like an hour and a half away. So it's not that big, but it's still it crosses a bridge. It's different. It's a totally different, you know, recovery community. If in your if you're in recovery, you know, it's, you know, different, different towns. Um, and my sponsor, who I adore, was like, I want you to find somebody local in San Francisco. And I was like, are you breaking up with me? And she's like, no, absolutely not. I will still be your sponsor in Sonoma, but I want you to find someone local to work with. And guess what I didn't do? Fucking that. <laughs> That's what I did not do. But you know what? It's like, it's like imagine who's like the hottest person in the world. I, I can't. Who think it's so hard because everybody has like a different idea of what's hot. Uh, who do people think is hot? Jason Momoa? Do people think he's hot? Yeah, people okay. think he's hot. So people think Jason... Okay, so it's like if you're dating Jason Momoa and then you go to another town, you're trying to date other people, but like you want to be with Aquaman. This is a terrible fucking analogy. That is terrible. It's so awful. I should never make an analogy again. Please forgive me. God and people listening. <laughs> but okay, well, all I'm trying to say is my sponsor is like top shelf and she's got 30 years and she's so great and... She call, she's honest. She also works a really great Al-Anon program. So I get all kinds of Al-Anon advice from her. And I look around and all I can see are how people don't compare to her. Oh, well, Kathy has that. That person doesn't do that. So she's not good enough. You know, it's like, I think I just need to start working with somebody regardless of who it is, I guess. I thought you found somebody like that. Or- a, yeah, and then I found flaws. Because I'm because you're like, that person. Because I'm such an asshole. I'm like shallow hell when it comes to sponsors. <laughs> it's like my sponsor has to be the best. My sponsor has to be basically like the Bill W of all sponsors. <laughs> like you're like a sitcom. Like those people I that like am. yeah. You know, like uh, was like Chandler who find I'm from Friends who finds something wrong with everybody that he dates. And I have like, been likened to Chandler from Friends so many times that I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah, it's uh, that's me. Really? I have, and I've, ne- I've never really watched the show. I, I mean, I watched Friends, but not not really. Not like most people did. Right. So it's like when people say you're like Chandler, I'm like, I don't, you mean I'm sarcastic? Like, I don't know what they're talking about. But yeah. Funny. I guess that's that's it. Yeah. Well, at least I don't have Jennifer Aniston's haircut anymore. Hey. Sing. <laughs> Floon. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I won't go there. But so, yeah, it's, I need to. I know what I need to do. It's just a matter of doing it. And I'm just so uncomfortable in my body and in my feelings right now. And I hate it. And, but I, I know I'm going to be, I'd be way more uncomfortable 
if I let this get any worse and I drink. God forbid, you know? I mean, that didn't end well for oh, me. I already, I, I already told you what my what my plan of attack is if I find out that yeah, I've been drinking again. Yes. So, it, it's some mother we, of dragons action, too. Yeah, we don't want that to happen. <laughs> right. You'll ride in on your dragon and set fire <laughs> to everything in your wake. And I don't even watch that show. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it's just, I, so I know what I have to do. Uh, I just thought it was important to share that I'm struggling, yeah. you know, and I, I I know that I get a lot out of people in meetings when they talk about how they're struggling. I get a lot out of seeing how great people's lives have become, too. But what what's more important to me is to see someone struggle and to watch them get through it. So that's what I'm going to try to do. And I mean, we haven't done a lot. We haven't done this in a long time. Yeah. You know, we've kind yeah. of strayed away from you and I just kind of you talking about life, me having questions about, you know, this scenario and, you know, me becoming more of an expert. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but uh, and that's kind of the basis that the show started on was me you know, asking questions yeah, and and just trying to help other addicts and trying to show them what it's like. And it's funny because when I go back and listen to the, our, our first episodes, like there's one episode where I probably had about 90 days. It was one of the Chris G. God rest his soul episodes uh, where I was so angry. And I listened to it, and I after I listened to it, I probably had 18 months when I listened to the episode, but I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I sounded like that. So when I felt myself recently sounding like I sounded with 90 days, just spewing anger, it scared the shit out of me. It made me really sad. Like, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to be resentful. Um, I, I got to focus on other things. And there's so I one thing I'm going to start doing immediately is uh, Dr. Paul, who wrote the part in our literature on acceptance. I have a book that that I found. It's so funny. I found it in my sponsor's bathroom. I'm in my sponsor's bathroom and there's a book called You Can't Make Me Angry. And I was like, oh, my God, I need that. I need to know what's in that book. And I picked it up and saw it was written by Dr. Paul. So I take it out of the bathroom and I'm like, dude. And she goes, oh, yeah, that was written for your ass. Take it. <laughs> so and then what did I do? I put it on shelf and didn't read it. Yay. It's kind of like an electric toothbrush. So I guess you got some homework. Yeah, I've got some serious homework. So I'm going to read that and get some Dr. Paul knowledge. And I will, you know, I, I will continue to share it on this show. I'm really hoping that the next time we record an episode, I'm in a totally different place. Yeah, and you know, um, like I said, we're trying to do more of these. If you want to participate in this conversation, or if you have a topic, or you want to share, you know, some experience that you've had that um, that you relate to, then you know, email yeah. us and let us know, or text us, or whatever. It's radio rehab at go productions dot com. That's g o t o productions dot com. You can also call or text four one five four nine six nine five one one. Even when we're not in studio. And it's at Radio Rehab Dana on all the socials. But yeah, get your ass on the show. If you're in recovery and you want to join this conversation, please. Yeah, you have talk. topics. I mean, we. Or if you have something you want us to talk about. Right. And um, and then and if you like what you're doing, what we're doing, uh, please rate and subscribe to the podcast or tell a friend. Yes. You know, like you know, we're trying to. We've actually, you know, had a good uptick of listenership in the last month or so and it's I know it's because we've been doing more episodes and we've been you know putting stuff out a little bit more consistently and we want to kind of keep that going yeah and and that's the goal and I did want to thank our friend Spirit Tunes oh uh she's our listener in Boston right yes 
she actually gave us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. Aww. And she said some really nice words. As she said, Dana and producer Shar have put together a wonderful podcast. Their special guests always discuss topics that are so important to those in recovery. And uh, Dana is just freaking funny. <laughs> and has a great outlook in life. Aww. Uh, I love how honest she is about her past, yet she's also honest about how she's doing today. And she went on a little bit more, but thank you for that. That means, you know, we have a handful. That's why we're doing this. We have a handful of these on Apple Podcasts. We'd love more. We'd love more ratings because that kind of, that way it puts us in front of more people. Yes. And so. Because uh, I kind of want to, I need, I feel like I need to show my struggles with other people uh, to help them get through theirs. And it really warms my heart when we look at like the listenership and see that we've got, you know, people in like Saudi Arabia and China listening. I mean, that's awesome. No, th- Take me to a meeting in there. You 344th. Rated podcast in all of China. Why <laughs> don't I forget what that's from? That's literally what we are. What? We're the 344th rated podcast. Are you serious? In China. Who the fuck is 343rd? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I, it just gave me that. It just gave me that stat, but it didn't tell me who. Oh. Our, it didn't tell me who our company was. Sorry. Hey, <laughs> I'm sure we can get sponsorship with numbers like that. <laughs> In China. Yeah, 344th. Awesome. Tell a friend. Tell a friend I'd really like to be 320th. In China by the end of the year, that would that uh, would that'd make me oh, happy. Please, you're you're aiming too low. We gotta go. We gotta break the 300s. We gotta go to 299. Yeah, 299. I want to be 299 in China by the end of the year, and I want to go visit. Um, and again, we're planning. Um, we've got some guests lined up next month that we're and we're booking some more. Um, we just released an entertainment episode that was so much fun. Uh, yeah. So we enter- we released an entertainment episode. We had Olivia Wilde and the cast of Booksmart, including the writer Katie Silberman, uh, all on the show. And I'm so about this movie Booksmart, and I want you guys to see it. So if you missed that podcast, go back and listen to the Booksmart episode. And We've go- also got Tales of the City coming up, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. which is an amazing, amazing Netflix. Show. I don't want to talk about the other one. I don't want to jinx us. Yeah, we're not going to mention that. Don't. That's a good one, though. But we have a big thing coming. Okay. Hopefully. Yes. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Knock it on my head. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I, I, it's just important to me to share what's going on and, and to be honest with you guys. And if any of you are struggling and there's anything I can do to help, please, again, it's Radio Rehab at GoToProductions.com. And yeah, and also uh, on the Instagrams and the Twitters, uh, Radio Rehab Data. You can catch us both there. Yes. Thank you for listening. Uh, I hope my struggles are helping somebody. Otherwise, what's the point? Keep coming back.